Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Sugar and Silk and Stretch. This is a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. Accordingly, my name is Ben Doughty. My name is Michael Silk Olajide. <coughs> and I'm a very hot Gary Stretch. You've always been <laughs> hot, Gary. That's um, I'm not at home, so I'm in a place in Bulgaria. It's hot with no AC. <laughs> well, I'll make it hard. Okay. <laughs> Good to have you back, Gary. In any case, um, you I'll were sadly missed by a lot of people. Um, you know, people said that we're not really the same without you. He seemed to be like, no, nothing ever seemed to happen with this show till you came along. I don't know what it is, that extra charisma factor, the jigsaw piece we're missing. Flattery will get you everywhere, Ben. Guys. <laughs> it's, it's got everywhere right. already. I mean, look, look at him. I, He's living yeah. the highlight. I would just, uh, you know what? I'm coming for Usyk. I would like to explain that I've got the shades on uh, for this show because I thought I needed a degree of disguise and subterfuge to hide my shame at having talked up Joe George's chances so optimistically that he might even be able to avenge a loss last night. Michael said it would be the same, only worse. Gary didn't join us last week, so he didn't make a prediction. Uh, and I figured I just ought to lie a little bit low because... You know, I didn't, I, I didn't actually say confidently Joyce will win the fight, but I did. Oh, I don't know I, about that. I, at one point, you tried to pin me down, and I said, "Now, nah, you know what? Zhang wins again." If you really want to get me in a corner, but I just oh, said he'll I do. I, I said he'll do way better than last time, and blah blah blah. And look what happened—he got blown away. <laughs> he didn't. He, he didn't ha- have a clue how to deal with it. And I'm um, going. And I'm not happy about that either. I'm not taking any pride in that because to see a fighter get hurt and knocked out and the whole thing that goes with it, I understand all sides of it. I didn't do. I'm not smiling for that reason. Um, just if we were to detach ourselves from the physicality of it, um, it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to say, and Gary, I'm sure you can relate to this as well. I told you so. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful I knew this day world. would come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, do you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, fellas. Claude, it's to you. Claude, I, I actually said to Ben, but it's unofficial. We were talking privately, and I said, I said, I think I had a, a gut feel. I said, I said, uh, Zhang would get him out early. Mm-hmm. 
and Ben will attest. But then I said, possibly if it can continue, everyone knew the longer the fight went, it was more going to suit Joyce based on, you know, the Chinaman's not got the best gas tank, or that, so they say. Uh, but um, but I, I, I cannot take credit for that one because I was on the fence. But um, let's get into a couple of things, Ben. The one thing which was shocking for me, first of all, I don't think you can teach an old dog new tricks. Um, not the kind of fighter that, that Joyce is. But what was shocking to me is that you don't put on two stone or whatever amount of weight and then try and do a boxing match. If he was going to box the way he was boxing, moving and moving and slipping and sliding, he should have been lighter, not heavier. But the I whole... never thought that's what he needed to do, Gary. As soon as I saw Yeah, him you said out, to me, right? he's got to bully him, sit on him and get up yeah. close. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you get really up close, there's no southpaw, there's no orthodox because you're, ah. you're in a phone booth. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely but, but, and you can't bully a guy like Zang. You can you have to be well, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, but but to put on that kind of weight and then I, I I would be heartbroken if it was me because I feel like you know, you listen to everybody. Obviously, he's the guy who makes the decisions, but you listen to everybody. I would feel like I would have rather rather put some weight on, gone at him like a truck. You know, you don't get an 18-wheeler to do obstacle courses. You know what I mean? No. And he was trying to do this very clever boxing. It didn't yeah. work. He should have gone all, all out, you know, and he got knocked out. Which, But but, but at least he would have tried. Last yeah. night, he didn't Couldn't even agree more. Get, get in the game. He was no, in the yeah. game. Yeah, he avoided was. punches until he got knocked out. And that was... Okay. And, and every each round... Um, Zhang just just kept getting more confident. He almost has his hands stepped by his sides in the third round, like wasn't afraid of Joyce at all. Yeah. So, Do you know, Gary? Yeah. As soon as I saw Joyce come out the way he did, trying to stay long with a little bit of a funny funny hand position, a bit of a low lead hand, yeah. moving to his left like someone had been like his, his first spar and he's told to keep his foot on the outside, trying to block that straight left with this hand. As soon as I saw him, all tentative. And trying to do this, thinking I was told to move my head, so I'm going to do a bit of this. I thought, I know he's going to get beat, and he's going to get beat qu maybe quicker than last time. Because, like you said, it might not have worked. And Michael says you don't bully a guy like Zhang. But that's what he needed to try and do. Very good point about there's no South or an Orthodox so much when you're up close. You, you, it's you best chance in the pocket. The biggest thing in the fight game, we all know, is, is the mental thing. You impose your will. You know, you you know, you do all the things. You, you, you know, you work out a strategy, and then it's a, a matter of your whose game plan works, whose doesn't. But at the end of the day, you you you've got to make you know get get first thing you need to do is get respect so that people don't walk through you. The second thing you got to do is start to impose your will and do what you want to do. And last night, Joyce didn't do a thing that he, in my opinion, wanted to do. He didn't you know, know what to do. I, I really didn't know what to do. I feel he... And what's, what's sad, Michael, is the first fight, he got cut and the, he got stopped. On the, well, he got his eye closed. But let's say it didn't close. He had, a, he had a very good opportunity going late. He was getting better and better and better. Yeah. So why would you change the game plan? All you got to do is not get hit as much. But but doesn't mean you have to box. It means you move your head. But it's still that yeah. you should have had the, yeah. the similar it's, style. It's and, and you know, you know he, he may have 
if he'd have fought the way he fought the first time was better than this way because yeah. he was doing a lot better the first time and as the fight was going on it was a ticking clock because of the eye but without the eye everybody knows he had yeah, a chance the, of winning the, the thing is gary off. like the thing is gary it was zang dictated the fight from the opening bell how it went he was even more confident than he was in the first one he knew that nothing was a fluke he knew it wasn't just because of the eye he knew that I punched him in the eye, and that's why his eye swelled. His eye didn't just swell like surreptitiously or out of nowhere well, for no flash. reason at all. It swole closed because he kept hitting it. And so he's like, I know this guy could be hurt, and when I hit him on the chin, it's going to be even worse. And forget about the eye. And that's just You know what's it. very interesting? I'm sorry, Mike, just to cut you off. No, no, head, go ahead. Finish, finish. What is interesting is it's almost like common sense. So the left hand, the first fight was the was the was the money shot for Zhang, right? So he moves away from the left hand and Zhang knocks him out with the right hook. You can bet the, 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 the Chinese camp said he's gonna move away from your left hand. So we're gonna hit him with the right hook. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. It's like it's like uh, crossing the dots, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. If he's not going to go towards the left hand, he's going to go up towards the right up. And he this went is the problem, right Gary. Whenever right they up. say that, right, whenever they say you move to your left against a southpaw or move to your right against an orthodox, you don't <laughs> want to get hit with either of the hands, do you? Because you don't know how no. hard they hit with each shot. Sometimes you don't. <clears throat> no. It's just also predictable. And, and, and they, they, they opened the, uh, the Acme uh, book for fighting southpaws. And you don't, you fight a guy dependent on what he's good at doing. Like if you want to, if you want to, whether he's orthodox, whether he's southpaw, and as you said, Gary, when you're on the inside, either hand, it doesn't matter. They're both coming at you. But it's the same thing at the, at the distance too, really. It's just that, you know, you just have to understand a man's timing, a man's punches. Um, the, the trajectory they're coming at you is a little bit different with power behind them, but ultimately your goal is not to get hit by it anyway. So it doesn't make sense that you can't effectively defend against that. Like he had, here's, here's my biggest issue with this. You know, when you start fighting or you take two people that have never fought before, you punch at the dude's face and they'll at least close their eyes or blink or something. They'll flinch. You flinch. Now that's, that's uh, like, that, that's a primitive defensive reaction to the punch. It's knowledge. You know a punch is coming, you close your eyes. You don't know whether to block it or slip it. You don't know that stuff. But you close your eyes and just kind of like you react. Those reactions as you get better as a boxer turn into a honed instinct. Lean away, get under, ride the punch, whatever it is. He didn't even blink when those punches came at him and hit him in the face. He didn't close his eyes in anticipation for the punch. That means there's no like, there's something like there's a reflex that isn't working. There's a synapse in his brain that isn't connecting and isn't telling him those punches are dangerous. Was um was it? You know what's funny? You know, Chisora had a great lot of success with Usyk, and the only reason was because he just jumped on him and didn't allow Usyk to do much. He just was he closed the gap, and he was bullying him and grabbing him and pushing him and shoving him. That's the fight Joyce had to have last night. Oh, you cannot I, I, I put on Zane Dawn and have a boxing match and, and dance around like, uh, like, like I see what you're saying. Like, he's not getting a boxing match with him. But I see exactly what you're saying because Zang is like, he's a, uh, that's what he does. That's, he's all about, I mean, it's like fencing with your fists, right? That's what he does. 
Um, but yeah. but it's not like it's not like the other kid knows how to do anything else to get him off that track. No, and um, go on. No, I, I think though, um, you know, I'll probably get some stick for this. I think though, um, I don't think everyone's looking at Zhang like is this new big thing. I don't think he is at all. I think Joyce just had a, the first fight was typical Joe Joyce. He took a lot of shots, but he took them. His eye closed. I think if the fight would have got on without the eye in the first fight, Joyce had a, a very good chance of coming on late. And and everyone knows that Zhang gases so it could have worked so i wouldn't have changed that much maybe gained a little weight but then still gone on him and, and, and done his thing but i think the fact that he allowed uh zhang to have time and distance and he was very fearful and he's two stone heavy trying to dance on his feet i just think he got it wrong but i do not think that zhang is this world beater now I think he's a good fighter. People talk about him fighting Fury and saying Fury will die. Fighting Fury will play with him. First of all, I don't don't think you can say that just because. Yeah, okay. I think he's much better fighter than every level. I think, think, yes, he's a problem for Fury. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think so. He, he He has very intelligent fists, very good hands. That's a problem. That's a good one for me and you, Michael, when it happens. Hey, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> well, I, I need you to get on the scoreboard because, unfortunately, up. since we've started counting, let's just break it down for the ladies and gentlemen who watch this show. Gar- M- Michael is one and one in predictions since we started watching and counting. Uh, Gary is one nil because he didn't take part in the, the, the other prediction of Zeng. And uh, Does that I mean I'm 100%, two, Ben? So Does that mean I'm 100%, Ben? Just... You, you're undefeated. Michael is a 50-50 That's... record. And I, and I haven't... And I'm I haven't won. What's the opposite of undefeated? What is the term? Just off uh, the loser. Or, yeah, yeah, loser. So you have potential, Ben. You have potential. Yeah. I would like to I would like to point out, and I hope Michael backs me up here, that I predicted various fights right before you arrived and before it was sugar, silver, and stretch. But we weren't counting then. Since uh, you came and we got this competitive edge, now we're counting, and I'm losing quite badly. Can, can you recall those fights? Because I don't recall them. Yeah. See, there you go. You sold me down the river, silk. There you go. Well, I won't forget this. Um, Guys, was it a crazy... Because I've got to tell you, I thought that Joyce's team in their entirety, the trainer, the coach, you know, the management and everyone else, I thought they were smarter than that. And I thought they had more of an an idea about what they were doing than that. Was it a crazy managerial decision to put him back in there with a guy? I'll tell you what it was. There's a change of game plan which we all know, knew he had to do, but it doesn't mean a change of fighter. Mm. He's called the juggernaut because he's an 18-wheeler wagon, right? You can't turn an 18-wheeler wagon into a, a, a you know, Ferrari that's in, in and out, in and out. <coughs> yeah. They, they needed to change the tactic, meaning he's still a juggernaut, but he's just got to move his head more. He's not got to dance around and do all this new stuff. He's just got to be a little more aware of not... Be, I think the first fight, he thought he, he was unhurtable, and he and he got he woke up. So you change the tactic, but don't change the fighter. And what they tried to do yesterday was turn a complete juggernaut into a very fast sport, and it didn't work. So that, Ben... Is where they made it's too late in the game. He's almost 40 years of age. You're not going to change the way he fights, all you but you can change his tactic in the way he fights. They tried to completely change it into a different kind of fighter and they come unstuck. 
I don't think you can help him. His reflex, reflex is an extremely important part of boxing. So on his way up, he's going to fight certain fighters that are going to fight fit into his mode of fighting, and I understand that. Um, that that kind of like that make him look good. Once you get up into the upper echelon, you no longer have a choice of who you fight, right? Well, you do though, don't you? Today you do. Fury ain't fighting anybody. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do, but um, but when you do fight. With the exception of Fury and a few you mean your era? <laughs> Come on, guys! Fury fought the best in the game. He fought the most dangerous man on the planet. He beat Klitschko, and now who's going to? And then he tried to make a few fights, I believe. People say he didn't try and make the Usyk fight. I believe he he wanted to make the Usyk fight in the way in which he wanted to make it financially. So it's not that he didn't want to fight him, but he, but he knows his value. Now he's gone away because it was kind of nothing really got put together, and he's gone away now. He's going to have a little bit of fun, a big event, 50-plus million he's going to earn, and then he'll get back to boxing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. That's not the noises he's making. I, I realise you have to be wary of the things that come out of his mouth and you can disregard them. But he's not saying that. He said, I've got other goals now. I've completed boxing. There's nothing else to prove. I, I yeah. want to be on the Forbes. I want to top the Forbes list. I want to be a Hollywood movie star like but you, he Gary. He's going to retire. I mean, you don't listen to what... I don't listen to what people say, I listen to what they do. And, and, and the bottom line is, he said he was going to go and beat Klitschko, he beat him. He said he was going to beat Wilder. He beat, he beat Wilder on, on the most pro prolific comeback. Like, how, how he did it the first time, you know, I'll, I'll never know, coming from where he came from. And then his momentum started, and then he really destroyed Wilder and the second two. So, and that was the guy nobody wanted to fight. That was the ghost. Nobody wanted Wilder, but Fury took it. In his own backyard. Well, people were so, fighting. I don't think we can Wilder question Wilder had a whole Fury. bunch of title defenses. Yeah, no, Wilder had fights. People would Wilder fight. Wilder had loads of title defenses. Drexel would fight him too. Yeah, but Wilder, what I'm saying was Wilder was the, was the danger in the division and Fury took on the number. But he wasn't avoided, though. He wasn't yeah, he avoided. was certainly not avoided. No, I don't think Fury is... I think he wouldn't avoid anybody. But I think he's a smart guy. A, and I don't think Michael knows this more than anybody. This is a business. So many, you know, you can't eat your belts. And, and uh, you know, this is a business. Who's going to stop a man making a good living, taking a sidestep? You what, know he what? Says is, what he says is controversial, but what he's actually done, this is the first time he's gone a little left to doing a, a big event with an MMA guy. He wants to do a movie. He wants to do that. It's okay. But other than that, Everything he said, he's done. So it, I don't believe. I believe he'll get straight back into the boxing next, and he'll fight whoever if the deal's right. Guys, guys, we've already had this conversation. I was going to say, like all over again. Get him back to Joe Joyce. Um, is it, uh, where does he go from here? How, how bleak is the prognostication at this point, Michael? First, where does Joe Joyce go from here? Well, I think he has to. If he's going to continue to fight, and I think he will, he has to absolutely deconstruct what he's been doing, who he's, who's working with, whoever's training him does not have the ability to turn him into a champion. They cannot develop him. They have shown no ability to be able to turn him into anything that's going to be, uh, you know, a real threat in the heavyweight division. Um, he's going to turn it. I think, you know, the uh, aura of invincibility has been dropped completely now. Yeah. And other guys, other guys are going to be, you know, just opening up on him. And knowing that eventually you open up, he, you know, I can see how the young heavyweights coming up, like Big Baby and all that kind of stuff. That's who, that's who you're going to get next. You're going to have guys like that unloading. Well, is it? Is he? Is there some domestic fights out there, Gary, for him that still be compelling and you, you know, worthwhile? 
I think there is a hope that he doesn't become the guy that is the stepping stone for the young man next. You know, I hope that doesn't happen. I think it, I think the problem we have, he has, is realistically the way the heavyweights are stacked right now. For Joe Joyce to get a world title fight, we're talking at least even if he does everything right now, he's it's two years. He's almost forty. He's got the two defeats. He's got to fix. The, t- the time is ticking away. At best, it may be two, three years before he gets a title fight. He's going on for 43. So time's against no, him. I think there's one more payday. He's 38, he's 38 now. Hey, ben, listen, don't argue a man's math, Ben. Ben, I, I don't argue a man's math. I'm sorry. I, I thought he was 39. Okay. But, but he's certainly not a, a spring chicken. No. I think there's one more big fight for him. I think he could... If he if he takes his time now, I think he could fight a a big fight with one of the top guys rather Joshua. than go back to domestic level. I think he, I think he's not. I think he's uh, he hasn't damaged his credibility that much. No one thinks he's going to be a world champion, but it, but he could take a risk. I don't think it's a risk anymore and fight a Wilder or fight a uh, you know one of the other heavyweights. Um, Dylan White. That would be a payday. Would be the best thing he could do, I think, and, and call it a day. But what's he doing it for? Is he doing it to win a title or is he doing it for money? If he's doing it for money, take a money fight. I understand that. Um, but his but you know, he's damaged goods right now. Whether how much how much of a dollar he's gonna bring to it, like uh because I mean that that his last two those two losses were just so complete, utter utterly complete uh, you know, uh beatdowns, really. He 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 lost well, let's, let's, let's be honest. If he, if he knows now, I mean, let's look at we're all in his position, right? We have a small window on the fight game to make money. So <laughs> let's say he may, he may not admit it to himself. He may admit it to himself. He's going to have these conversations alone. But if, he's, if he realistically thinks I'm not going to get a title, he should try and get one more payday and, and then secure his future. I'm sure he's... He made a lot of money, but not the money forever. Yeah, you know, exactly. but how does he? How does he get a money fight coming off of the Zhang fight, which wasn't even a world title fight? How is he? A, how can he get a big money fight? It's impossible unless he were to fight some. You I know, think he's going to fight some top guys. Do you I know what, gonna... Michael? There's big fights, probably relatively big fights, with the likes of Anthony Joshua. Or um, maybe Dylan White to be clear. Dylan White's gone super quiet, by the way, since he fell yeah, the drug test. I think Dylan White. I mean, if you got a fight with Anthony Joshua, okay. Uh, if you got a fight with, um, you know, fighters who he isn't going to be able to fight or won't be interested in fighting him, or maybe they will just because it would be perceived. You know, they would think it's an easy fight. It doesn't. He doesn't have the leverage. He doesn't have the leverage and he doesn't have the tools that you would think, you know, not even a puncher's chance. He couldn't even get off. He was last night, he was so slow. I couldn't let's understand. remember he did beat a bunch of world class heavyweights, you know, some of them might be slightly past noon, but he did, he did look impressive. He did, he did do a number on Daniel Dubois, he did do an impressive number on Joseph Parker. So, obviously, Zhang clearly appears to be his kryptonite, and we're not talking about Superman in the first and place. Sometimes, Ben, you meet that guy you just can't beat, you know. This, yeah, I've, you know, so maybe that's the guy. Maybe we're being unfair on Joyce. Well, so. I haven't seen the Dubois fight, so I need to see that. I thought that was quite close, though, the Dubois fight. It was Until close, it but 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 it ended conclusively, didn't it? I, it did. Well, it was a it was an eye injury, yeah. wasn't it? Like it was. a, 
like the same thing as um, Billy Joe. Billy Joe. So I don't think that, that that's a bad loss. Um, I mean, a bad, I don't think it's a great win if someone's damaged. He didn't knock him out. It, yeah, it, but it, it was seen. I, I hear what you're saying from the, on the positivity point of view, but in the negativity, in the negative sense, Dubois was was labelled a quitter in some quarters because of that, wasn't he? Ironically, Billy Joe Saunders labelled him a quitter of sorts and said, "You should be carried out that ring, brother. You should never, you should never quit on your, you know, on the deck or on your stool." Which obviously. There was perhaps a little bit of a karmic reprisal involved when Billy Joe found himself in the same kind of situation against Canelo Alvarez. But, but, um, but you know, Joyce, to me, Joyce looked very limited from the off. But the thing is, he kept winning all the time. And in the end, I had to reevaluate him a little bit and, and acknowledge that he was one of them fighters who was a little bit better than, than he looked to me visually, you know. But um, I mean, if you really break it down on, on every real test, he's really not. He's, I mean, I really rate Joseph Parker. You know, it's funny. I think he's one of the better fighters who's not. You know, well, he's, he he did win a world title, but I think he's. I really yeah. rate Parker. <laughs> I think he's an all round really good fighter. No, um, I don't know if I like any heavyweights. This is the first time my life. I like that kid who's on the undercard. Did you? That young kid, eighteen. I didn't see him. Itama. I don't, I don't Moses like... the one who amazing. Listen, amazing. Michael. There's this kid coming up, right? Called Moses Itama. He's only eighteen. He won, I believe, the World Youth Championships, like the World Juniors or something like that. And he's a heavyweight. Um, and the big thing, yeah, he's a heavyweight. The big thing right now is a southpaw. They, they, they're giving him this kind of marketing on British TV. They're saying he wants to become the youngest world heavyweight champion in history. So he wants to displace Mike Tyson in that regard. Obviously, that brings controversy and pressure on him straight away. And some people are saying he's not all that. But Gary likes the look of him. Do you know what? Gary, I want to tell you something. Eastern Pickering... <clears throat> former British Commonwealth and European champion, messaged me, he got a voicemail on Facebook yesterday, and he said, Shug, can you do a thread about Atama? I better do this soon. He said, I think they need to tidy him up a bit. He looks homeless, and the way he talks, he said, he said he thinks he looks too much of a mess. He said he looks homeless, and the way he talks, he's not even looking at the camera. He thinks they need to seriously change the kid's presentation. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that, Gary? I thought he looked great. I thought he was, he, he was, he spoke well. He was certainly, I think he's the fastest heavyweight I've seen for a long time. Yeah. Um, he bangs. He's young. He's fearless. <laughs> I think uh, if he's, if he's guided correctly, don't rush him too quick to get this silly youngest ever. But I think he's got two years to do it if he wants to beat it. But he's certainly a good prospect. What's his record? I don't know offhand. Simon Willis can probably tell us. Simon, I believe, is, is in the background is coordinating this. Four or five and all, something like it, that. He's very just starting out, Michael. But right. they're giving but him the big yeah. You'd have liked him, Michael. He's impressive. He, just yeah. he had a punch bag in front of him, though, right? He had, he had a sitting duck in front of him last night. But that's that's the way it goes, huh? Yeah. You know? People uh, struggle right. with sitting ducks sometimes. It's, you know, sitting ducks no problem as long as you make him look like a sitting duck. And he made him look like a sitting duck. So... Well, that's true, you know, because sometimes you get a guy when you know someone's well beneath you. I'm only relying on my, my little bit of experience here. Sometimes you can struggle a bit with someone who is perceived to be that far beneath you that you end up having, you know, making hard work of it, you know, for whatever reason, the dynamic. Um, talking of that, did, you, did did who saw Conor Ben last night? Did you, did you both catch that? I didn't see it. I thought, Gary, it was a decent enough workout. I thought he looked pretty sharp. I thought, you know, he looked, I thought he looked good. Um, you know, d d 
putting the other the, the, the whole scandal of whether he should be fighting or not and the drug test to one side, I thought it was a decent 10-round workout that had done him a lot of good against a really tough, big game opponent who came and came to fight. What's your thoughts? I thought it was a brilliant performance. Not even good, brilliant. I'll tell you for why. He never got touched much at all. He showed great defence. He showed fantastic movement. And what, what he did show was also really good intellect. He, uh, he went 10 rounds and he looked as sharp in the 10th as he did in the first. <coughs> he showed that he can adjust. He hit the guy with some amazing shots. The guy's never been stopped in, what, 38 fights or something like that. Um, yeah. And and the kid, the kid could fight and uh, and but uh, and I just think I I thought I saw very mature for for Conor's experience a very mature performance. He uh, he did everything right. He was on every step of the fight. He adjusted when he knew he was not going to get the guy out. He then changed the plan a little, but still kept trying to get him out, but didn't over try. But what I was amazed at was he had incredible defense. Okay, there's is that Moses? Sorry, is that Moses Itama's record just appeared on the screen? Yeah, there is. Okay, five cool. and How many five and oh, perfect. So, Gary, you can go as good. Okay, let's lose that and get back to, to Gary's um, godlike visage. Perfect. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> we're, we're buttering him up because he's been away for a couple of weeks and we don't want it, you know, we don't want to tap again. So, um, go on, Gary, keep going. No, so what, what, what it, we all know we can bang. We all know oh, what he showed for me was he's much more versatile than people give him credit for. And you've got to remember, almost two years out the ring, he had the most ridiculous amount of pressure. It's not like a normal two years out. We had a traumatic two years out. Then he had the pressure. Then he had the, um, the pressure of all of the stuff that happened to him, which, you know, for his head, he's not great. Long layoffs, we know, effect. His timing was great. But what was really great was his ringmanship and his defence. He, he was a complete fighter. And uh, I thought he was brilliant yeah. performance. Do you think, but, that, but, do you think yeah. that happens because, listen, when you, you know it's a fight you're supposed to win. They're giving you a fight you're supposed to win. So you're going there without any hesitation. You're going in there with uh, uh, copious amounts of confidence. It, how much of it is that, and how much is of it of it is he really did have this crazy ability that you're talking about? Like I said, I didn't see the fight at all. I don't think I don't know. I've seen them. maybe the, the kid he fought has got a great, a very good record, and everyone said, and it was a, not an easy fight to come back on. The kid's never been stopped, even if he's supposed to win or you know whatever. Um, he got into a really decent fight, but. Competitive fight, and so, everybody says it's supposed to go a certain way, but let's say it doesn't. He then adjusted and adjusted, and he was like, He was brilliant, he just did everything right. And I just thought it was but, great. What, what, were the, what were the things of brilliance? That's what I, I want to say. You were saying there there were, were, what were things was he doing that was brilliant? Beautiful movement, beautiful. He, he would he would nail the guy, the guy had hit him, he'd be underneath, turn him on the. I mean, real ring craftsmanship, generalship. Yeah, <laughs> he did look he really good. When you see it, Michael, I think you'll be very impressed. It was a pretty complete performance, and the other guy. You never know with these Mexicans sometimes, you know, whether they're relatively obscure. They've had 32 wins, three losses and a couple of draws. You don't know how good they are. But the guy was tough as a $2 stake. And the guy had about 28 knockouts, Ben, as well. 
he was a banger. The tail percentage, but but um, but yeah, you know, did, um, and the guy looked massive as well. The guy looked like he was about one sixty. You know, so and he moved up a weight. So I mean, every single thing against him, he moved up a weight. He two years out. All of the trauma. Well, not quite two years. He last boxed in April last year. 18 so like, months. About 14 months. So 18. that's 16 months. Okay, I'll give you 16 months. All right. <laughs> okay, but it's a long, time. it's a long time. It's a long time, Ben. Yeah. Um, if you'd had 16 months without seeing the wife, it's, it's a long time, Ben. It was, you know, and some people inevitably, Gary, were jumping on it, even when they'd heard he'd gone the distance and then perhaps hadn't even seen it. They were saying, oh, he hasn't got the power now. He's not on the eggs anymore. You know, no peds equals no power. That I think is a very, um, a, a very oh, wooden he hit the narrative. Guy with some great shots. He hit the kid with some great shots. That would have took a lot. I yeah, tell you how much he was. His opponent was. His, his opponent was that much not very good that Barry Hearn signed him last night. So let what, me ask you, what, Barry uh, Hearn or Eddie Hearn? Eddie Hearn signed him last night. What, he signed a Mexican. Yes. Are you sure about that? Yes. Yes, I read about it today. So, go on, Simon, run a little check on that for me. Did did Barry Hearn sign a Roscoe? Sorry, Eddie, Eddie Hearn. Hearn. Eddie so, Hearn. Did he sign a Roscoe last night? After Because it's interesting if he did, because what would he want to do? That guy, it was ranked number 205 on the BoxRec computer, you know, the BoxRec rankings, out of about, out I, of about I read, 12 or 1,300 welterweights. I read today that he signed him, and, he, and one of the comments he said is, with the right people and the right management, this kid is going to go a long way. That's very interesting if, it, if, it, if it's the case. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I mean, uh, see, look, look, a good opponent to me. And I'm not, listen, it's difficult for me to post anything about Conor Ben on, on my Facebook page without inviting a storm of comments about the stigma that is now attached to his name. Some of them are intelligent, you know, in their objections, and some of them are just knee jerking and saying scumbag, drug cheat, whatever. I do admit that he's got it worse than other fighters who've tested positive in the past. We could reel off a bunch of names. Connor really, really seems to be personal with him, whether he's a drug cheat or not. But looking at it dispassionately as a boxing performance, I thought when you see a kid who's been out the ring for whatever reason for nearly 18 months, I thought it was exactly what the doctor ordered for him. And, and he did look good. He does, What's interesting is he didn't look that great. I don't know if you watched him when he first turned pro, like really early years, when he looked, he didn't look as naturally talented as he, as he clearly is because he's on in leaps and bounds leaps and bounds and and that's what like you say ben he's a young you know he's a a young professional really but um i mean i read behavior as 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 most people if if conor bent took you know peds then he's a soul shipper I really genuinely believe this kid. Um, I believe things can happen, mistakes. I don't think he can intentionally. I think he's been absolute. Uh, things happen. Who knows? We'll get to the bottom. Hopefully one day it will come out. But I believe that this kid is a genuine kid. I mean, and the amount of abuse and the amount of... And, and I don't even know if it was a you know, minute amount that can affect anything. Or, who knows what it is, but... You know, the uh, problem is, Gary... But when he talks about it, he's so genuine. He's what genuine do you know? What do you know about clomiphene? The only reason I asked that is because I, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of it until he tested positive for it. What, ev- what people who know more about the whole area... Of, of, I know a little bit. What, what everybody tells me, people who know more than I do about that subject in general of performance-enhancing drugs, they tell me the chances of ingesting it accidentally twice in two different tests in a certain time mm-hmm. period is very, very unlikely. And they say it is absolutely, it's one of those drugs you use when you take a cycle of steroids. You do it to balance out your natural testosterone production. And people said that it just wouldn't show up for any other reason. That's what some people insist. But 
that's well, the problem I have with it. I don't know if uh, if if that's the case. That's the case, but maybe um, this is why we, I mean Simon Jordan. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Other people. I can't remember exactly who. But the, I mean, this. There's got to be a team held responsible. He's not. I don't believe anyone's doing it on their own. And and if and if he's not, and if he has the strength and conditioning coach, and these guys are on, you know, they're, they're all they're like the fighters. They're trying to become the best strength and conditioning coach, get the best results. Who knows if someone's giving someone that he doesn't know he's had? Or I just genuinely believe it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to me like it's in his DNA to cheat. I think he's a good kid, and I think he's a strong mind. I love his attitude all the time, and, and that's what makes me believe in him, is him, not the particular boxing. You know what, you know what I feel? I've, I've had fights in the past. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've had fights in the past that maybe a a guy who may be better than me, but I know I'll beat him. Why? Because of this. And I think Connor's got this. And I think there'll be times in, in, in his career when he might fight a, a better fighter, but it'll still beat him. And that's what I like I about him. He has a quality, strength of yeah, mind. Yeah. And I don't think that kind of strength of mind is a guy who cheats. That's just me. You know what? I think... I wouldn't say anybody, but a great deal of people are capable of cheating. I know nothing about Connor Ben's case, any of that kind of stuff. So I'm only going to go on what the science says, right? And the science said that he cheated. Only the science. Not it's not my feelings. It's you know what I mean. Well, they the said science used... didn't say he cheated. The science said he had a substance in him, but we don't know how it got in him. Let's yeah. get well, it. Back. The science doesn't say, say anyone cheats. It just says there's something in your system. Now you may. Have... It says something that you could cheat with is in your system, and that means you have to eat it. That means you have to take it, and that means if you have to take it, it's not just like a one-time thing. It's like it's it's a consistent usage. That what you're... if you go out for, to a party with all your mates, and everyone's drinking, and you're driving, and, and your mate, your best mate at school, it's his birthday, and he says, "Have a drink, have a drink." You say, "No, no," and they put a little bit in your drink, and you don't. It's in your system. You took it. it I mean, things happen. I don't think it's illegal to, to train on whiskey or rye or... No, rye. but if you get a, it, is, it is illegal if you get a DUI or someone pulls you up and just a breathalyzer. Yeah, yeah. We're talking I about think this is probably more like akin it. to getting pregnant in a jacuzzi because you shared a jacuzzi with someone who might have pleasured themselves. I think it's a bit more... It's as unlikely as that, I think. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is it I'm never going in another one. Or is it impossible for a strength and conditioning coach or someone who gets you wants the best results with his work is it is it impossible that he gives him drinks or whatever mixes the things and all the a vitamin a b c i think it's impossible you know why i think it's impossible gary it's impossible because at that point connor would be saying something to his strength and conditioning coach he'd be fired he'd be out of there Put that in his drink, unbeknownst to Connor. That would no one's going to admit to it at this point. So, it, but you can't. I just believe the kid's innocent. I do. I think something's happened. I don't know how he got in. Hopefully, we'll find out. I'll be wrong. I'll hold yeah. my hands up. I, I don't do believe. Think, I just don't see it in the in, how, in the in the in this kid. I think he's. A how good do kid. you see it proceeding, Gary? Because the situation at the minute, he's boxed last night in, in Florida. 
He's cleared the ABC, the ABC, which is the American or the Association of Boxing Commissions. They said they asked the board, was he cleared before they were there, cleared him for a license in Florida and Texas. He also has one. And they said he was cleared because it was the National Anti-Doping Panel that cleared him. But as you probably know, the British Boxing Board of Control and UCAD have both appealed that decision because they're not happy with it. They don't think they've got closure. They don't think they've had an explanation. What happens next? I mean, all right, he's, he, he looked well, good last night. You know, he's up, he's, he's got over that. The nightmare is... He's, al he's allowed to fight over. in the US. He's allowed to fight in the rest of the world. Um, he has a license to do so. He has an issue with England. But there's also something that no one's talking about. In the early stages when this all happened with the, with with the British Boxing Board of Control, I don't know the 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 details. But Connor said he had issues with his father. He had issues, and there's always been something with the Bens. So he he took a position, a very defensive position, which he maybe have re regretted. It was like you know, fuck you to the board because of history. So he's had a, not himself, but his family is that his father had history. So. I think he's, he's he thinks they have something in for him, so that vendetta, yeah. Thing. Which I don't yeah. think they did because I think you know Nigel Ben was a huge British boxing hero. Conor Ben has always been a big box office fighter and very much a darling for a while. He was he was on all the shows with the Zone. He was getting the you know the big. I mean, all right, I don't know how the British boxing board of control felt about him per se, but it might be interesting for Michael to know that my, Nigel Ben, uh, when he was coming up. He was initially managed by Burt McCarthy and then by Frank Warren for a while. And then he teamed up with a guy, uh, a guy that we we'll want to get on the show. His name's Ambrose Mendy. Gary knows him pretty well, I think. He's he's an absolute maverick. He's a black guy, but he, he came from the streets, but he had this style and profile. He was like kind of like a elements of a British Don King, but much more, much less cartoon. He could be the president, couldn't he? Of the, much, he's like... He's like, he's like a barber. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's very, very, he's also, he has a hypnotic level of charm and eloquence, I would say that much. Now, anyway, they wouldn't give him a license, okay, Michael, to manage Nigel Ben. They said they didn't want him in there. He said it was because this organisation is institutionally racist and they continually wouldn't wouldn't uh, license him. Then at one point, after Nigel Ben beat Aaron Barkley in, in a round in that quite controversial affair in Atlantic City, Nigel Ben got on TV, it was must have been uh, Sky TV, TV probably then could have been ITV, but either way, he was on the TV and he ripped up what appeared to be his British Boxing Border Control license. He said, If you're not going to accept my manager, you know, and let me bring another black brother through, this is what I think of your license and tore it all up. Yeah, yeah, but you know what it was? Apparently, it wasn't his license. When I first mentioned that to Ambrose, one of the first times I ever spoke to him on the phone, uh, Spencer Fearon put him on, me on the phone to him. I know him well today, but uh, he said that was a Weetabix box actually. And apparently it wasn't it wasn't the license. And then when the board called him to a disciplinary hearing about, you know, putting the game into disrepute and disrespecting us and tearing up your license on air, they produced the license perfectly intact. And he said that was a moment, I can tell you, because they were confused. They thought they'd watch this get torn to shreds. Well, on so TV. there is history with the board, and I think it's affected. <laughs> you know, if someone's got a history with anyone's father, I, if someone has history with my father, I have an issue with them. So I think that comes into this... Connor's actions. I think later he thought, you know what, I've got to be, this is my career, it's my life. I have to handle my affairs. You know, <coughs> I think he regretted, uh, but I think he showed loyalty to his father. There's an issue. And so that did affect the decision. As it stands, he can fight where he wants, but he, he wants to come home. He wants to address the board. He wants to, and he said he's tried to, and the, the you know, they haven't given his. Yeah, so um, yeah. I mean, it's all going to work itself out. But I would love him on English soil because 
he's a great English fighter, and he, he, there's some great fights that can fill these arenas. You know what I mean? Well, Eddie Hearn wants to make the fight against any of them, right? It's, it's hard for me to come out on either side of it and and really state what I feel because I obviously don't know him very well. I've never really seen him fight. I've seen you know a couple of clip, clips. I think he's Chris Algieri. And, yeah. um, and that's really about the extent of it. But all, all I'm saying is when you have the evidence and everything points towards the evidence, and then, you know, you of course you can build stories and make excuses around it, but it still remains what it is. It's an excuse and it's a reason. There are many, many fighters that don't have any of this found in their system, right? You know many fights are around the world and it doesn't happen to them. Do you know what else is interesting too? Zelane Tete tested positive recently-ish uh, for his last win over Jason Cunningham um, during that time. He's just had a straight four-year ban and his last KO win over Jason Cunningham has been officially changed to a no contest. You know why? As much as anything else, because he's not worth a, lot, a great deal of money to anybody in the industry. Look at Canelo. So he's dispensable. Look at Canelo. he got like yeah. a minor slap on the wrist, right? Because Absolutely. Whereas, you know, uh, other fighters get bans because it, it's easy to ban them because nobody cares, you know. You, you mentioned Chris Algieri, by the way, Michael. Yeah. Did you guys hear the story, the subtext about DAZN? He worked on DAZN, Algieri, yeah. but he was dispensed with last night his services. They didn't let him call the Conor Ben fight yeah. because of the history they've got. Obviously, Conor Ben knocked him out, but because Algieri was very vocal about it since the failed violent drug tests, mm -hmm. they, he was told he wouldn't be required for, for last night's broadcast. Um, what do you think yeah. of that? I thought it was, uh, I mean, it was fair. Uh, you know, there would be a certain amount of bias towards it, but I'm sure Chris Algieri felt that Connor was probably juicing then too. See, that's yeah. the thing. once you introduce something, it you could just like get in the Rolodex and go back through the dates and when did he start? Why did he start? Uh, you know what I mean? It just opens up a whole kettle of fish or kettle of worms. or Kettle of worms, yeah. Kettle of worms and a kettle yeah. of fish. Yeah, it's a different kettle of fish with the can. Yeah, exactly, that that is the proper terminology or use of said axiom phrases. But in any case, Gary Eddie Hearn has announced that he wants to make the Ben Eubank Jr. fight remake it, uh, have it actually happen this time, December twenty third, presumably in London, you'd think, or somewhere else in the UK, one of the other big cities like Liverpool or Manchester. But he wants to make it just before Christmas. That's great. I, I, you, you heard my opinion. I love you, Banks. I really do. Um, I think he's great. I think he's a lot better than everybody thinks. You heard I was very vocal thinking Ben would beat him. Uh, yes. Just, just an opinion. I have slight reservation after last night because yeah. only because it's one fifty four. Yes. He couldn't put the guy away. I know the guy's super super tough, so it's not it's not it's not an so average one fifty four guy, but. Um, it, it what's the fight going to be at 60? That's another, that's again, he's got to go. And I don't I, know. I thought you might have recalibrated your, or, or maybe second guessed your opinion about him slaughtering him based on that. I think you'd still expect Conor Ben to win. I have to see it. I have to see it. I don't know if it's a fur change because that guy last night, uh, uh, I think he's a better fighter and I've never seen the guy <laughs> that's like he's took. So he's not your average 54. I think. Uh, the shots that he that Ben hit him with would have took most people out. I mean, ask Algeria if if he hits, you know, whether he likes him or not. But it it did give me a little bit of a concern at fifty four, not too much at fifty four, but I think at sixty is a big ask. And um, yeah. but I still think he. I don't. 
I still think I think I still put my money on Ben. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, interesting question. Why do people think it a punch is going to hurt less? Like a junior middleweight punching a middleweight. If you're a puncher, you're a puncher. Why? This is what. This reminds me of the exchange we had on Facebook because Michael says. Michael is of the opinion that when, when Michael Spinks went up to fight Larry Holmes and he put on 25 pounds of muscle with the help of the conditioning guru, Mackie Shieldstone, and then he went on to sensationally beat Holmes in 1985 initially for the heavyweight championship of the world. Um, Michael thinks that Spinks could have beat him anyway, but he's just gone it close to his light heavyweight poundage. He thinks he didn't need to go through that kind of scientific bulking up procedure. I disagree. I don't think weight and size is completely irrelevant in boxing. I get the fact that it's not it's not it's not all there is to it, and there is you know sometimes if you're good enough, you're big enough. But I don't think it's utterly irrelevant the issue of size and physicality, Michael. I just don't. Otherwise. I, I mean, I think it comes down to your style of fight. Like, of course, if somebody's a physical fighter and they're going to lay a weight on you and move you around and push you around, lay on your back, that kind of groping kind of, then having extra weight helps because it's harder for a guy to physically move you. But I don't understand the game of boxing when it comes to the, the how you score is one person putting his fist at, you know, hitting. I think, may, I think maybe, you know, one weight class move but i think once you start getting the two and three weight classes and you're not naturally that big of a size i think it i think ben's i think ben is i mean you can bang but i fought a few guys out of my weight class as a, as, as a, in my career like the dennis cronin these are guys boiling down they, they walk around you know two probably two stone heavier than me and um it, it did affect my performance i heard them uh, um but Guys in my way, I should get rid of it, you know, no problem at all. But as they get bigger, I felt it was harder to, you know, to, to be as effective. Um, but well, you always say, Gary, you never lost it your own, your natural weight, and you never lost the difference. No, I got beat with a cut, which, if you watch the fight, is a clash of heads. It should have been a non contest. It's a Monville, joke. yeah, yes, yeah, a clash of heads. You've watched the fight, um, so no, I refuse to accept it. It's a non contest, but uh, and my weight, no, um. And I was very comfortable with everybody I ever fought at my weight. Um, so I feel undefeated in years at my weight. But, um, you know, Eubanks put me in some discomfort, the size. Cronin, as much as I well beat him, but he's give me moments of discomfort, the size. I think the kid last night gave Eubanks, give uh, Ben, although he's a great performance, he, he, you know, we missed him by millimetres. And, he, you know, the, he was uncomfortable at times. And I think the size... Was, was a factor. Was a factor. Yes, but, I do. Uh, that's what I need to understand, though. What, what, uh, what are the elements of the? What are the ingredients in size that make it harder for you to beat the individual? What well, is... it's, well, it, you know, I fight at fifty-four, right? I walk around sixty-five. Okay, uh-huh. sixty-five, maybe even seventy um, mm-hmm. at a season. So when you get a guy who's around well, sixty, he walks around eighty-five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's when you're fighting at 54 against a natural 185, it's a lot of weight. Like, we've just talked about heavyweights, and everyone said, everyone said, if it doesn't matter, why is everyone saying Joyce came in too light? All the experts got to put more weight on. We're talking heavyweights. That yeah, we're talking heavyweights. Heavyweight. It's only because Joyce physically put on 25 pounds. There's no, that's like weight doesn't no, matter. People were saying they should. Why, if it doesn't affect, and these are experts. I mean, I'm not an expert, so, uh, but why are people saying the weight and the weight? The, I think there must be some truth 
that I believe there's a truth in, in weight. That's why the weight divisions, right? Otherwise, of course, I was going to say, Michael, if, if, if Naya Inoue fought Canelo, you wouldn't expect him to win, would you? Not because of weight. Oh, come on, man. Come no, on. I would not because not because of not because. So of you just think Canelo is better yeah. than Inoue, and that's why he beat him. Nothing to do with the size of him. That's why Can if Canelo. Let me ask you, Michael. Do you do you think in your in in your in the highlights of your career? Do you think mm -hmm. you could have beat Manny Pacquiao? At the highlight when I was my heaviest. Yes. Could I have beat him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but not because I'm bigger. I would not because not Could because I'm It's still going to hurt me when he punches me. So I still have to do something. Maybe because of my no, range. Because what, what what we're talking about, what what we what, what you've got to look at. We're not talking about weight as in an apple and an orange. We're talking about weight, and part of that weight is height goes bigger, reach goes bigger, advantages get changed. So it's not the weight, it's the actual structure of a, a super middleweight against a welterweight. The, the, the advantages are arm length, height, reach, power. Well, Gary, okay, so Gary, you, Gary you've, you're a professional boxer, you spar a lot. It's what stuff. comes with the weight, you, it's what, what, what becomes fought, the issue. I'm sure you've sparred light heavyweights and heavyweights, and I'm sure you've thumped them, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure. Like, I'll give an example. Eubanks and me, Eubanks and me, I I, I, I would put my life, i put my father's life, I'd, put, any, I'd beat Eubanks a thousand out of a thousand over three rounds. I wouldn't put my house, I'd beat him over 12 rounds because the weight will affect me. And the, and then he will start to impose himself because it's strong. But, and I, I, but boxing isn't that kind of sport. Boxing is about reflexes and, and it's a striking sport. If you're talking about wrestling, I would say yes, because the having to move a human body like that is a different type of strength altogether. Okay, can you... These are Chavez, right? Who that? Chavez. Chavez. Yeah. Chavez, okay? Little guy, right? Mm -hmm. Would Larry Holmes think Larry Holmes could beat him, or do you think Frank Bruno could beat him? I think I think if they got into the ring, right? No, I'm not about fight. Like let's say they got in and they were over in England. Let's get in there and spar. And you put Chavez in the ring with Frank Bruno. I think Chavez wouldn't disappoint you. <laughs> it's not, it's a, no, not sparring he wouldn't do, but it's different in a fight, as you know. I used to have this thing when I was a teenager. I used to imagine to myself, I think Sugoi Leonard could still beat Frank Bruno because I thought the class gap was that was that huge and thermonuclear. But 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 yeah, Matt, Matt, you couldn't have been regularly get in the ring with light heavyweights and heavyweights and spar with them. And James Tony did the same thing. But sparring is, you know, the sparring. I mean, sparring is rough, and sparring you get hit, but it's not the same as a fight under the lights. Well, well, and what are the why? Why is it not the same as the fight? Let me ask because you. the ethos is different. You know, the pressure's not there, the crowd's not there, and and the bases aren't loaded. When you're sparring, you, you you're there for a variety of reasons to hone your craft and to get fit, to get fight ready, to get conditioned. You're not there to beat and, the other guy. And ultimately, and ultimately, you haven't honed yourself over months preparing for a fighter that's what you do that's that's the biggest difference right there is the fact that you're training for three months with one specific guy and your intent is to beat that guy but sparring is every bit as rough and hard and challenging as a fight would be you have to take the same type of punch you have to deal with the same kind of like weight differences or whatever you want to call it reflex reach height all of that, that kind of stuff the only difference is you're training specifically for a certain type of fighter and 
and you hone your abilities over those three months in order to be able to get, to beat him. But other than that, there's not there's not really a big difference between a fight. Well, except I mean, yeah, it means something. You're getting paid for it. Uh, the, you're on TV and people are looking at you and their perceptions. And a lot of people step their game up when you have a perception that's going to be, you know, you're defending your title, your life is on the line, you execute faster, things yeah. like that. But, um, but I, I certainly don't believe that, uh, you know, would Sugar Ray beat Bruno? Yes, I'm sure he would. His skills are, are that marketable. Duran, James Tony, Tommy Hearns, all these guys, they spar heavyweights and they, and they, it isn't an issue. Well, Prince that same Hammerhead said he used to spar heavyweights and cruiserweights and stuff, yes. but he wouldn't have fought them, would he? But he wouldn't have fought them. But, I mean, come on, guys. Because he would have months to prepare for him. Yeah. It would have well, three months for reasons, reasons, right? I mean, come on. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a, I mean, come on. Getting with a middleweight and beat him or a super middleweight. Well, Michael I, I, lives on planet larger now. But, Ben, listen. This is how guys I. You know, you talk about Harry Greb and you talk about a lot of other yeah. fighters that come up from lightweight, lighter weight divisions and continue and dominate heavier weight divisions or beat heavyweight champions. But they don't stand their original weight. Well, listen, Harry Greb didn't weigh 156 and bulk up to like 175 to fight whoever was a heavyweight. Or but a when Sugar Robinson got, what, what, fought Joey Maxim in 1952, and then he, you know, he lost because of, they said it was very hot and he got heat yeah. exhaustion effectively. That's but it was the extra weight which ultimately fucked him because he came in at one five seven against a guy who's a big, strong, you know, one hundred and seventy five pounds at a weigh in. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the fight. I don't know if, if he was fighting if his opponent, if the guy was really fighting a pressure. He was beating fight. the guy till the strength and the heat caught up with him. The natural yeah. strength, and you know, yeah. Look, you know, I, I mean, I think on Sugar Ray's part, you know. Yeah, I mean, the heat, exhaustion, that kind of thing that was taken out of his body was something that hadn't been done before because I, I don't remember looking at highlights of that fight and thinking, you know, the kid was doing it. It's a crazy conversation. Khabib is the best UFC fighter in the world for me. I love him. He couldn't fight John Jones. It's like it's, it's up to hear him. But it's different. It's those kicks. And I know it's different. But it's, it's not. Like it's, boxing is a pure striking sport. Unless you can't you fight a guy. Like, like, if, if you have a chance, Fury against a welterweight or a middleweight, I, I would say, yeah, of course not. Because, like, but why? Fury, so like, at some point, Fury lays not because of his height, because of his weight. He lazes by his style, he lays his body on you, he mauls you, he pulls you. You're going to be tired by the time you get the chance. Who's the better fighter, in your opinion, Sugar Ray Leonard or Tyson Fury? Sugar Ray Leonard. So do you think you would? Do you really you, think that? Would so you put you your really money on that? Leonard would beat Fury? Do, I think Leonard is a better over fighter. Over twelve rounds, saying, but I'm saying this. Would but you I'm put st- your money on Leonard beats Fury over twelve rounds? Oh, no, because I know Fury's just going to lay all over him. Well, but, there you it, go. But, but like putting put, him in clinching and laying on him and using his body weight and just particularly trying to tire him out. We know Sugar Ray's light years better than him. We know that. We both understand no, that. He's my favorite fighter no, it's, not, it's not a matter of being better. I'm just saying he'll, that's how you can use your weight as an advantage. That's the only thing, laying on your opponent and tire him out. Do I think if you said... If the power, you, know, you don't think if, it's if you said If you said there was no striking allowed, I mean, sorry, no, no hugging allowed, no laying on your opponent, and you were to say Tyson... Versus uh, Tyson Fury versus you ever seen them old jokes when that guy puts his hand out like I'm putting my money on Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, that's come on, 
No, listen, guys. Michael, I love you. Sugar Ray Leonard is a connoisseur of the of of, of the sport. But you could have put him in. Incredible. There's there's twenty average heavyweights with me, and I'm more of a Leonard fan than you are. Trust me. No, it's not big enough. It's just too small. But listen, too small. Oh, listen, okay. guys, there, guys. There, there was that height difference, but you know what? If you were asking me about a striking contest between Sugar Ray Leonard and Tyson Fury, I, I mean Tommy Hearns and Tyson Fury, I'd go, I would go with Tyson with, sure. with uh, well, Tommy Hearns. In a Interestingly, second. you see what Tommy Hearns did to Dennis Andrews. That's probably one of the greatest uh, expositions of your point, guys. I want to try and bring us back because we're getting close to an hour. I know Sai, who's going to give us a good close if, if he's still around. Can't stay much longer than an hour. Interestingly, Terry Donahue, we haven't taken any comments this week, by the way, says that Ben's opponent last night was boxing at 140 not so long ago, so he's not that big. You know what's interesting? I actually heard the commentators on DAZN say he started at 108 pounds. He actually started as a flyweight. Six for one, yeah. God, God knows what age he turned pro at, Gary, but he must he must have one of them Mexicans who turned 16. pro at 13. 16, yeah. I think. I okay, heard, so yeah. he started at flyweight, so he obviously had a growth spurt. Um, guys, you know what? We have some exciting weeks coming up because um, next, next week, Ben. Next week is Camelo versus Charlo, but Sugar and Silk and Stress. Where will it be coming at you from, Silk? Tell them. Atlantic City. And we won't need three different screens, will we? No, we won't. We're going to meet for the first time to shake hands. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> and maybe we can get in the gym and do a bit of mitt work both sides as well. We, we can get that too. Sugar, and yeah, silk we... and silk and sugar on a mitt, right? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Sorry, you're not going to be there, Gary. It would be great to have you. It would. No, I, I I'm, I'm still in Europe. Uh, you never know. I mean, I have. It, it's in one week's time exactly, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's no, a, I don't we're going to be there, and yeah. all the guys are going to be down there. I remember. Well, Camelo Charles on the Saturday. Mark I won't Bill. be there, but I hope you you know fly the flag for me. Okay, I'll see you on the podcast. Okay. Well, this who's your money on? Quick one. Who, Canelo. Are you, who are you back in? Canelo. Canelo. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I think this kid's going to put up a fight. I, I do. Um, oh, are we choosing this? Are we making this? No, part? not yet. Not yet. Let's do that next week. And we'll do it with Gary. Gary, we'll still do a show with Gary next week, but we'll just, we'll be in I'll have to and meditate be in... on this one. We're, we're, no, 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 I think. One I think zero. Is... I'm not going to, I'm not losing, I'm not losing this. I, know I should be all right we're, this time. I, I we're all on, we're all on the same level of knowledge right now. So who are you no, picking? No, I'm one who zero. Picking, I'm one zero. You're one one. And he's. What are you, Ben? Over two. He's over two. One two, one one, one zero. It's okay. No, no, yeah. no. He's no, no. Ben is zero and two. Yeah. And you're one one. I'm one one. And you're and I'm, one. I'm hundred percent right so far. So yeah, please but give me a little respect. You, you really Thank you, boys. Yeah, um, you'll you'll catch up. Don't worry. Only reason I'm nil and two is because I got matched outside of my weight division. Listen, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this. Sorry that we didn't really pay attention to the comments this week. We're glad you're watching us on YouTube. You can no longer watch us on Facebook. This is a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. I've been Ben Doughty. Delighted to be joined by Michael Elijah and Gary Stretch. Atlantic Join City. Us next week. And we'll Peace. do it again. Peace. Peace. Ciao. Ciao. Okay. Sports Social Podcast Network.